Welcome back to the Go to Go podcast, man. Episode seventy eight NFL Super Bowl just concluded, and we had a nail biter coming down to the last second, man. Overtime needed some extra time in this one. Uh, we're gonna jump into that, break down that game, what we liked, what we didn't like, and we're gonna talk a little bit of basketball as well as we head into the, you know, the All Star break coming up. Uh, this weekend with all the events and stuff, we're going to talk about um, some contenders or pretenders. We've got uh, six teams, three each. We're going to break down and talk about whether we think that team's a pretender or contender. Um, jumping into the Super Bowl, man. I mean, we got an instant classic, another you know 10-point deficit for the Chiefs. Third time overcoming it. Seems to not be a problem for Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, in company. I I mean, it, this was, you know, the first Niners Chiefs Super Bowl. It was a great one. This one won a little bit differently. And we talked about it heading into the show, man. Turnovers, those turned out to be, you know, a key factor in this game. What'd you like? What'd you didn't like? Any comments, takes, anything like that? Get us started. Well, I just think, you know, at this point, we've been saying it throughout the playoffs, man. Like, if you want to just start from why the Chiefs won, it's literally, like, Patrick Mahomes. Like, it's a broken record at this point. How special he is, you know, the the way he's able to play in the pocket, outside of the pocket. You know, they usually don't run Patrick Mahomes ever since he got injured on that goal line a couple years back. Well, it's a Super Bowl, and they definitely had some design quarterback runs and got Patrick Mahomes' legs involved in you know you can call him a dual threat but at this point he's just a threat like I mean from every single every single spot on the field through every aspect Patrick Mahomes was amazing and then we talked about last week that Chiefs secondary man they were up to the task they were able to control Christian McCaffrey on defense and then down the field they were had a lot of sticky coverage they were challenging those 49er receivers and it seemed like every time Brock Purdy went to take a shot down the field or hit a deep throw there was somebody right in that receiver's pocket. Uh, Trent McDuffie made a couple big plays down the field. Snead was, you know, getting feisty. He had a few a few flags early, but as the game went along, he had solid coverage as well. And then, you know, I think also the big part here is coaching down the stretch as well on both sides of the ball. I mean, we can talk about, you know, Shanahan and how he performs in the big-time games with leads and stuff, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, the way those guys down the stretch were just in sync. Every single play call seemed like it was the right call. Guys were getting schemed open. It's not like, you know, Patrick Mahomes was definitely making some crazy plays, making, you know, some crazy throws, but guys were open. Like Travis Kelsey was open down the field. MVS was open in the end zone off of that turnover. Like guys were getting schemed open and then defensively for the 49ers I think we saw that secondary get into some trouble down the stretch it was just you know I don't know if they were tired on the field too long but Mahomes was definitely taking advantage of him Kelsey came alive in the fourth quarter she Rice had a nice catch on the final drive in overtime so I mean this is exactly how the game would have went I think maybe I would have said flip the Chiefs would have started off fast and then defense would have held on but I mean I I felt like, you know, the entire game that Patrick, even after the interception, I'm like, once the 49ers didn't score a touchdown, they're just leaving. As long as you give Patrick Mahomes a chance, I feel like he was going to win. And, you know, we talked about 
who you want to bet on, who you want to put money on. You know, uh, bet on Patrick Mahomes, and I had a, I had a pretty good Sunday. <laughs> I didn't, man. I went against the public and the books, whatever. Got analytical with it. But regardless, I mean, you look at it, you know, Pat Mahomes, the game he played, you mentioned the design runs. Andy Reid called him in the right time, third, fourth down, and short. You just needed a couple. I think fourth down was the first time we saw it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was third, but Mahomes able to, you know, no one's assigned to him at that point. No one's expecting it. And they, they ran it twice and still caught the 49ers off, off guard. MVS, obviously, he was wide open on that touchdown. I think that was just miscommunication mm-hmm. on that that one touchdown that the the Chiefs had after, you know, the muff punt, obviously, a big play yep. in that game kind of changed, swung momentum towards the Chiefs. Uh, they were able to also get that field goal before half. I thought that was really big. Put yep. some points on the board heading into the second half. You mentioned McDuffie. He was sticky coverage the whole game. And then you mentioned Snead. He had some flags, but big plays in the game where they went, you know, outside to Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Uh, Snead was there for a couple pass breakups. I think, I think the Niners, man, the key thing I look at is is the Drake Greenlaw injury. I mean, you watched the first two drives, I think, and this, he was flying around the field. You know, him Pacheco in the backfield, dropping uh, into zone coverage, just being, you know, the linebacker he's been all year. And then you go out just non-contact, Achilles tear. It That hurt the 49ers, but still had a real chance to win that game. And I really do, you know, Jawan Jennings had a tremendous game on the outside. Uh, not, yeah, Jawan Jennings. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost thought Greg Jennings for a second, all the memes <laughs> they were posting about Throwback. Jennings tonight. I mean, he played a tremendous game. I did see a lot of holdings on the Chiefs, man, a lot of Niners fans complaining about it today. But when you play the Chiefs, that's what happens. You don't get those calls like that all the time. And then you look at that third down, obviously, everyone talked about where Chris Jones just wasn't blocked late. Uh, mm-hmm. What was it? That that was the overtime or it was the end of the fourth? That was overtime. Overtime where it was third, third and four, yeah. kicked the field goal. But there there was another one in the fourth quarter where it was third and short or whatever, and mm-hmm. then uh, Spags dialed up the blitz and McDuffie bat the ball down mm-hmm. and forced the field goal as well. And I think that was also the big difference, man. Uh, third and fourth down defense. I think the Niners got a little exposed where, you know, the Chiefs and Spags, they, ha- they had a plan. Whether it was, you know, the dialed-up blitz and McDuffie make the big play or Chris Jones being a game wrecker and kind of, you know, forcing the, the Aaron throw himself. Whereas in overtime, you know, the 49ers stopped the Chiefs, got him to fourth down. Well, during that play, if you come out in a cover-two shell and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs need one yard, like, <laughs> and then Nick Bosa bites on the run, like, it's a fourth down. They're not handing the ball off. They want yeah. the ball into Patrick Mahomes' hands. I just think that's situational football, you know, guys just, I'm, which, which is tough, you know, you're in the Super Bowl, like you're playing super fast, you might not be, you know, thinking or going, you know, 100%, 100% full speed in your mind trying to think about what's happening, but I think, you know, you got to be a little, a little aware and understand the moment that, you know, it's four down, game is on the line, Patrick Mahomes is not handing the ball off, he's going to keep the ball in his hands, and when he does, and you have two safeties back deep, if he keeps it, when he took when he scrambled and ran, you know, Kelsey was out in the flat. Like, 
that's just free yards. No one's up it's on like the line. No 10, one's getting twelve exactly. yards. He got out of that like, chunk yeah, play. That's like me and you could have went out there and ran that yeah, for a first I down. Got a like, first down. You know, so I think, but that's just Patrick Mahomes. You know, no matter if it's fourth and one or you know first and ten, they they're gonna want to play deep, and that's what we talked about last week. Like we wanted to see those safeties come down, those corners step up and challenge those Chiefs receivers, and I thought that would have been you know a time where you see them stack the box or come up and you know, challenge those Chiefs receivers at the line where instead Patrick Mahomes keeps it. He doesn't have anyone touch him until he's, you know, five, six yards down the field and has an easy first down. So scheme and uh, play call from the defensive side for the 49ers got a little if- iffy. Even Shanahan himself called that timeout when they were on so, defense. I, yeah, I was literally going to say that, man. Didn't like that formation or whatever they were in. So that just shows where – Andy Reid, you know, he was in his bag, and the I think that also showed a little inexperience on the 49ers side, whereas the Chiefs and Andy Reid and this core group of guys, they've been here so many times, the pressure really doesn't get to them. And the 49ers, they're still, you know, they were still, like, kind of moving around. Whenever the Chiefs had motion, the 49ers were scrambling around, didn't look like they were fully set, guys getting open free releases. So down the stretch, I just think the Chiefs looked a lot more composed and a lot like, you know, the veteran team, they've been here before. They've seen these atmospheres. They've been in these type of games. So I think that played a huge part down the stretch as well. So the the two things off what you just said, the Mahomes running the football on fourth down, you know that he was going to have the ball in his hands. And I was literally sitting there. I'm like, they're not handing this off. I said the same Don't thing. bite. I, not even Patrick Mahomes on the field in the 2020 AFC divisional game. It was Chad Henney. It was third and two. And Andy Reid calls a, a stick rollout from Chad Henney. Like, mm-hmm. that's how much they're not going to hand the ball off. They're going to trust a, Chad Henney, who was in for like one drive at the time. Yeah. He made that throw. And I, I just sat there and I was like, don't <laughs> bite on the, if they play action, this it's going to go to the flat. I thought it was going to be a throw. I didn't think Mahomes would have ran it. But I just knew that they were trying to get on the bite on that Pacheco handoff. And even if they got that first well, down. Well, that play, it was it was kind of like an option. So he could have yeah, threw it to Kelsey. Could, Kelsey yeah. was there in the, on the, the, slide, the sneak yeah, but flat. But he was locked but, up. Yeah, so and if, it's a zone man if read. You don't, you know? If you don't bite yeah. off that that uh, play action, you would have been sitting in a sit, decision where Mahomes got to make something shake one-on-one open field. Or he's got to give his guy a chance and just throw it up to Kelsey. And I just sat there and I said fourth down. I was I, I just knew Patrick Mahomes was not going to hand this ball off no matter what. 100%. Unless he saw like a, a three man front, that ball was not getting handed off, and um, obviously it didn't. The second, the, thing, I wouldn't even let him hand it off in that. Like yeah, even if I mean, I'm the coach, I'm like they have zero down linemen. I'm like I'd rather you make this play, Mahomes. Don't hand it off on fourth and one. I, I had a problem with Shanahan calling that time. I get he's the head coach. Kyle Shanahan came into this, you know, league offensive minded, just like, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan scheming offensive game plans and being an offensive coordinator and offensive coach coming up the ranks. Mm-hmm. And Steve Wilkes, a defensive, you know, defensive coordinator, defensive minded coach coming up. I mean, at that point, I think you're in the Super Bowl. You've gotten so far with Steve Wilkes being your guy that you got to be able to, you know, I hired this guy. We go in week in, week out, talk about game plans, what to throw at, you know, Kansas City. And you mentioned the cover two shell. Mahomes was picking apart zones the whole night. That's what he was feeding off. I know that the corners lacked that man-to-man coverage. 
the one thing I think Tony Romo actually said in the whole broadcast that actually made sense was that you got to play man to man, let them stick up. If you we talked about it, you want MVS to beat you, you want Rasheed Rice to exactly. beat you, let those guys beat you. And it happened to be McCole Hardman who caught that 52 yard bomb. Uh, mm-hmm. To where it should have been an interception, really. Yeah, that was just bad safety play. Yeah, I don't know who the safety was, but it should have been a pick. Horrible, like, exactly. He gave you that one chance where you're playing the safety's back. Zero ball. You, could, you couldn't capitalize. I don't even. He didn't see the ball at all. Yeah, was, he, was, that's just bad tracking. You yeah, mean that's horrible. Yeah, you, you got to get your head around when the ball's in the air. You got to find the ball. He just was lost. Couldn't find it. And Mahomes had enough. More than enough arm, and he kind of just kept going over the safety. He, it looked like the safety was like, "There's no way Mahomes can make this throw," and he thought <laughs> the ball would be short. But as he's looking around, the ball's just going over, over his and head, over like, and over. If and he over. just stuck his hand up, yeah. bro, he, oh, he would have had to get more depth. If he stuck his hand up, the ball still would have went over him. He just didn't get enough depth. Block, maybe block the I don't know, hand in the face, whatever it was. That, and then yeah, like I think it was over. what the fourth. No, it was, it was the overtime play calling. He handed McCaffrey, you know, eight sometimes in a row. Obviously, it's cooking for you. Mm-hmm. I even saw him after the one run where he was just like, he tapped his helmet. And he was like, Elijah, get in the game. And Elijah goes and picks up, I think, five yards. Got called back for a holding on that run. But you ran McCaffrey into the ground so hard. And then you get into the red zone. You run the first two plays, both of them runs. I would have liked to see a play action because you hadn't gotten Brock Purdy going in that overtime. You really didn't let him throw the football. Now you're sitting third and four. The play Chris Jones got free. Now you're relying on Brock Purdy. We haven't let you throw the ball the whole drive. But third and four, our biggest down, uh, we need you to make a play. And then, obviously, he probably made, I wouldn't even say the right read, throwing it away. It's just sort of instincts at that point. Yeah. Third and four, at your 10, you, you you could take a sack. Mm, but then you got to yeah, – what if you fumble? Like, yeah, what if the ball? I, like, I, I don't hate to throw it. Yeah. No, I don't hate it either. But Injuries I'm saying, too, like, like, you know, you got that elbow. You don't want to mess it up going into the offseason. Regardless, I, I just – I wanted to see Shanahan kind of build something up for Purdy because you showed the whole driver you're just going to run McCaffrey to the ground. And then third and four, at that point, I mean – you might make it four down territory if you hand the ball off to McCaffrey on third I personally and probably would have ran it again on third down. Yes, yeah, I mean, yeah, I we can get been into the that. overtime rules and you know whatever what they did and taking the oh, ball the coin first toss, or not, yeah. But. No, I sat there and I was like, man, do do I not know the overtime rules? Like, uh, regardless, and I also think Kyle Huszczyk was cooking that game when they were getting the bootlegs. <laughs> I know he's a fullback, but yeah. I mean, he was one of the guys that was. You look at it. Huszczyk had two catches for 31 yards. You got yeah, Debo Samuel. Yeah, he had that big catch, too. That was, um, that was in overtime, wasn't it? When Purdy yeah, scrambled yeah, out to a, the right and threw it and out I mean, on the sideline. You would have yeah. thought he was a tight end, wide receiver, the way That's a nice he catch, caught that yeah. pass. So it was a good ball from Purdy, even a better catch from a guy you consider a fullback. And, you know, you got Debo three catches, Ayuk three catches. Uh, Jawan Jennings had four he was cooking. I mean, he had the touchdown pass as well, but I just, you know, I think Debo had three carries. He wasn't, yeah. He yeah, just, banged up too. Yeah. Even Elijah Mitchell, maybe get him some more carries. I mean, you were running McCaffrey to the ground with 22, and it all seemed like there were just consecutive run after run. And then Elijah Mitchell gets two carries for that game, four yards a carry. 
I, I just I really want to pick apart Kyle Shanahan because <laughs> we we came into this game knowing you know his big game coaching abilities what he's done in the past I kind of want to see him build and improve off some mistakes but clearly another learning curve for him because you had Brock Purdy drop back 38 times in the Super Bowl it's just eight times less than Pat Mahomes who drive back 46 times the the greatest quarterback of this generation like I and you got you got all these weapons disposal whatever it was I just a lot of questionable things I thought when it came to Kyle Shanahan and I especially thought that timeout was, you know, one of them. Yeah, I mean, and I also think the 49ers didn't do a good job, you know, um, capitalizing on turnovers like Mm -hmm. the Chiefs did. Whereas, you know, because in the first three quarters, they were playing really good defense. That pass rush Mm -hmm. was getting to Mahomes. He was uncomfortable. Chase Young Young stepped up. Yeah, those guys. Hargrave. Those guys on the defensive line, they we talked, you know, criticized them a little bit in this postseason. Guys like Jordan Love, they was having a bunch of time in the pocket. Jared Goff was able to throw the ball around. They were running the ball. Well, the first three quarters, that D-line stepped up and was giving Mahomes some fits in that offensive line, like you mentioned it, but like a bunch of holding calls. So that 49ers defensive front was definitely winning in the beginning, but I just – it's tough, man. When you when you force a bad play, Mahomes, I mean, just Aaron throw. No, just forced it. You get you get the big turnover. You got to score points there because, you know, like we mentioned, if you if you let Mahomes hang around, he's just gonna find a way. Him and Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, those guys, they're just they have too much experience. They've seen pretty much everything there is to see at this point. They literally faced you know the three best teams in the playoffs coming up to you know this playoff run, and now they're in the Super Bowl against best team in the NFC. Like. You got to capitalize because, you know, the Chiefs, are they're going to find a way. So it would have been really nice for, you know, those couple times where the 49ers settled settle for field goals. It was like, man, if those ended up being touchdowns, we make it that much, you know, a little bit harder for Patrick Mahomes and that Kansas City offense that really didn't have anything going for them until, you know, fourth quarter and overtime. And that just shows sometimes, you know, you could have a bad game, but when it matters the most... Your boy Patrick Mahomes gonna show up. So I mean, I thought it, I thought it was a really good game, and you know I had money on the Chiefs, so I believed in them the whole time. So it, it was it was a really great game, and you know we'll talk about it. Three Pete on the horizon. Can they do it? That's a uh, another topic for another Brady, show. But. Brady to Mahomes there is crazy. Uh, just the the quarterback dominance. Where oh yeah, but this this Chiefs team isn't. I mean. They could lose a, a, a few pieces here oh, and this there. This offseason is going to be – I mean – Chris Jones, I think, is going to be the – And, I, and if, Snead is a free agent as Snead well. Is a so free they could use, lose both of them. But on the flip side, Patrick Mahomes is only going to continue to get better. This receiving group is definitely going to be yeah, better than what be it is right now. Year, like, I mean, <laughs> Rasheed Rice, you know, another offseason, number two. This year he'll, he could possibly step up, be that number one guy. Maybe they grab, you know, a receiver in a free agency, draft the guy. So I, I think hands down this receiving group will definitely be better. Maybe they'd make some moves on the O line that was a little shaky throughout the season. So there's definitely some some areas to improve this Chiefs team. And there's definitely some places they might, you know, regress a little bit and take a step back. But overall, I think this team definitely can be a better team next season, which is 
just insane. Saying the team that, you know, just won back-to-back Super Bowls still has, you know, obvious and blatant room to improve. The, you know, league might be in trouble, man. It's just, you just look at that, that quarterback, and I think that if Pat Mahomes, you know, isn't the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean – I, I wouldn't have been mad if they gave it to Chris Jones. The way he dominated that front for the Chiefs had an impact that really gave them the mm. chance for Pat Mahomes to go out and win it. Obviously, Pat Mahomes had to go out there and do it at the end of the game, but Chris Jones was holding up his end. Obviously, some other pieces on that defensive end, like you said, McDuffie. But I think if they lose Chris Jones this offseason, that's really going to be felt because his presence in that Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they win that game without him to be honest, but it, he he had a really good impact and you mentioned if they build off that that receiving core in the offseason get some talent. I will say that there is a wide receiver going in the later rounds that I think is special, a little bias and Javon Baker out of UCF, but if they had someone in that day two, day three of the draft, into the, fir- like into the first round, this is the she rice. I mean, like, I mean, I th- he was a day two selection, mm-hmm. maybe even a day three. Uh, I mean, I we, think we'll talk, two. we can talk about the NFL no, yeah, draft and we stuff. Will, but yeah, we this, will, but it's a deep receiver class, that, so there'll be somebody there from the take at the end of the first, you know, exactly. It, that, that's what you know kind of makes it scary. And then in this game, we kind of, I said. Who's going to be that Kadarius Tony to where they make that big play, you know, when you need it? It was McCole Hardman, man. They called yeah. that that same corn dog play that you said, you know, all season. They were like, oh, the motion threw off the Eagles. We can't even cover that. We need to get a new DC out there. And then Niners game on the line where they, they go to that little uh, pre-snap motion, zig right back to that same side. And in the flat, McCole Hardman, I mean, walking touchdown is – the Niners weren't ready for it, man. I don't know. I mean, I think after that Kelsey reception where he caught that little drag and took mm-hmm. it, you know, and fifteen. That, that, I yards. think that was a dagger. At that, that point, was, I feel yeah. I feel like they pretty much could have ran anything. They was gonna score within the next couple of plays. I mean, I, the I momentum and everything just went. I mean, that that was killer, man. Crush it. Andy Andy Reid, you know those guys when they get that closer to the end zone with that momentum and you know that point in the game. I know the 49ers had some success in the red zone, forcing that fumble on Pacheco and sack Mahomes there, forcing a couple field goals. But I, I just find it hard to believe, you know, at that point in the game, as well as they were moving the ball, they just they don't score on they could on any play. Yeah, and it, I mean, you, I don't want to sit here and say Christian McCaffrey's first quarter fumble, but that that ended up costing them. They get no points out of that. I know people want to blame the Jake Moody blocked extra point. But then, that, then at that, that point, big, the Chiefs yeah. wouldn't settle for a field goal. They probably would have won it in regulation. I'm not saying they would have, but, mm-hmm. you know, just the way that game turned out, you, Pat Mahomes could have went down, you know, they would have had four chances. They would have never settled. They would have never put themselves in that position, which is why that coin toss is so big. Because that third and four, if you're down three points, like the Niners would have been, you know, vice versa. And make it four down territory, runnable down, whatever. I'm not even mad at that at this point because they had the ball, man. They had a chance to stop him. They had multiple multiple chances. Just that that timeout, man. That's the only thing that really bugged me that hard. Um, but I mean, I know Debo coming out there. Your your Eagles players, you know, had a lot to talk about Debo. Rightfully so. He talked a lot of. 
lot of smack about the Eagles all year since. Some boys ended up in the same place, man. Yeah, on the couch, losing man. to Mahomes, like Cancun. <laughs> and boys ready for the vacay. I just, I can't believe the dominance of the Chiefs. It just really makes you speechless at this point because you finally think you know this is the year it's not the chiefs the way the whole season went down yeah kelsey washed mahomes doesn't have weapons he needs the cheetah and then tyree kill even tweeted like uh pat mahomes and coach reed gonna always cook it up or something like that wasn't lying she was not lying man (laughs) because they came out made a statement uh I did see something uh, real quick, not not really football-related, Super Bowl-related. Uh, Brandon Marshall, I don't know if you saw what he said, mm. that uh, in front of Taylor Swift's box that she was in, that Kanye West bought a ticket, showed up in his yay mask, and he was sitting in front of the box because every time they showed Taylor, he wanted to be on the screen as well <laughs> when he'd be standing up. Allegedly, Taylor had him escorted out of the stadium, made a couple calls. It's Brandon Marshall, man. I don't know, valid source or not, bro. I just think it's a little crazy. And that's some yay petty stuff that he would do. So I would not be surprised, yeah. especially with the album. I just, I thought that was entertaining. If if he did that, that would have been a great, I would have loved it. But well, he, listen, yay's on a generational run right now. So I mean, number one <laughs> album. Everything on Yeezy.com is twenty dollars. Like, listen, he's a man of the people right now, so I, you can't really hate. Uh, that just... made his apology and everything. So you know, <laughs> yeah, we we're not gonna get political. I just thought that would have been hilarious, especially with all whatever, man. Shout out Jason Kelsey. He's living his best life. That's the only thing I'll take away from the Chiefs celebrate celebratory. You know, little run they got going on, but. That, that's your that's your boy. I, I don't think he's retiring from football. I think he comes back another year. No, I think he's done. You think he's done? Yeah. Watch his brother do it one last time and hanging him up. Hey, man. They're going to go for that 3P. You got any last comments on Super Bowl 58, man? No, it was a, it was a really good game. One thing, little all I will say is before we head into the basketball, you know, wrapping up this NFL stuff, um... Vegas hanging on the Eagles, man. Looking at the odds for the Super Bowl winning next year. That's all I'm gonna say. Nah, let's take a quick look, man. I think it's the odds is the Niners are favorite. I saw that. Yeah. Then the Chiefs. Then I think it's like the Bills, Ravens, Bengals, Packers, something like that. Yeah, Super Bowl New Orleans, man. I think that should be you know a good little city, man. Uh, for a Super Bowl party down. Out there down the bayou. Um, French quarters, that's what I was looking for. It's going to be jumping, man. Let's see. So, yeah, Niners plus 550, Chiefs 650. Then you got the Ravens, Bills, Lions, Bengals. Finns at plus 1700, Eagles at plus two. They got the pack in the same boat as the Eagles, Cowboys, Texans, and company. Um, I, Browns plus thirty five hundred. That's all I'm gonna say, man. That's <laughs> might be free money, man. DW four season loading, but that's gonna conclude the twenty twenty three twenty twenty four NFL season, man. All the way to the Super Bowl. 
we'll obviously be breaking down NFL offseason. We might have to do a redraft um, from two years ago. I'm not sure which ones we did in the past. I have to, We'd have to look at it, but probably some redrafts in the offseason, draft talk as well. But that's going to lead us to, you know, a little bit of hoops, man. Obviously, All-Star break coming up this weekend, so we're, we're pretty much at the halfway point in the NBA season. And we both have three teams, pretenders, contenders for an NBA championship, at least to win, you know, the conference. Are they legit conference contenders heading into it? I'll start you off with one, man. I got uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, pretenders or contenders? Um, Well, you know, starting off right now, then the second team in the East, they've just been like winning games. Like you just look up and the Cavs are on like a four or five game win streak. But um, I think a big reason for that right now is Donovan Mitchell, man. He's he's hooping. Like, he's balling, like, on an MVP-type level right now. He's averaging 28, 5, and 6, throwing two steals. And I think a, a big thing for this Cavs team is they were winning without, you know, two of their best players that were injured at the time with Garland and Mobley. Where, well, they're coming back. They're getting healthier, and they're adding a lot more offense and then defense with Mobley. So I think this team can – get a lot deeper and a lot better. And the key for this Cavs team, I think, is Evan Mobley's shooting. Right now, he's shooting 39% from the line. So if he can add that spacing and keep up that, you know, consistent three-point shot, and they'll still have the ability to have him and Jared Allen play on the court together and have that solid rim defense, that paint defense, this could be a tough team. And I think it's a little early for the Cavs. You know, they might be missing a piece or two. But I'm going to say they're contenders right now. They can, If they can keep up this consistent level of play, if Mobley keeps that shot up. Defensively, I like some of their pieces. <clears throat> you know, they got a Coro, your boy Struess, over from the Heat. You know, he's a threat from beyond the three-point line. So they got scoring, and then Jared Allen, Mobley down low. Solid rim protection, and then Darius Garland. A, a, a nice point guard who can control the offense and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I think this Cavs team will definitely be in the mix towards the end, and I, I'm going to say they're contenders right now. All right, man. Um, next team I got up for you on the list, the Orlando Magic currently sitting at the sixth seed in the East. Pretenders or contenders? Well, this Magic, you know, this is a, a fun team, a young team. They mm-hmm. started off super hot. They were, you know, one of the – had one of the top records in the league to start off the season. But right now, they dropped down a few spots. They're sixth in the West. But I think, you know, the key to this team right now is defense. They play really good defense. They have Jalen Suggs, who's, you know, one of the best on-ball defenders in the league. They have a bunch of size with Franz, Paulo, a bunch of those guys down there can defend, Wendell Carter. But the, the thing that, you know, holds them back right now is the, their offense. They have lackluster offense. They're bottoming pretty much every single three point three points percentage in terms of, you know, attempts, maids, and percentage. So they're they're at the bottom of all of that. But you know, they have Paulo first first all star game this year. Finally made all star. Franz, both of those guys can pretty much get a shot off whenever. But I think they're 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 definitely one piece away. If they have a nice point guard that can add spacing, help those guys create offensively, I think they definitely are in the right you know, direction, they're heading in the right trajectory to become a contender, but I think it's a little too early for this team. They lack the scoring, they lack the offense, so I'm going to say they're not 
I'm going to say pretender. That's, that's what we're going with. Yeah, pretender for the Magic. Although I think they're a very good young team have a very bright future. Yeah, I think they're, you know, one of the more, you know, fun teams to watch. I kind of agree with you. They're kind of missing a piece, but they're they're building in the right direction for the first time in a long time in Orlando. <laughs> and my final team for pretenders or contenders, the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, this was the hardest team out of all of the three because it, it can go a lot of different ways. But fifth in the West right now, started off a little slow, but they're definitely picking up the wins. Those guys are healthy right now. They're playing a lot better. But, I mean, collectively, they're shooting 37.8% from the three, one of the best percentages in the league, and they're top 10 in boards as well. So, you know, two very key stats you want to have. And then you got guys like Zion, B.I. They're both averaging 20 and 5 right now. And then Brandon Ingram adding a little playmaking as well with six assists. So they have some really good guys, some, you know, 20-point-per-game scoring caliber guys that can get their shot off. Add in C.J. McCollum, who's shooting the career best, 42% from three right now. A few solid wings with Herb Jones, Trey Murphy. Those guys can defend a couple three and D players that are nice. Uh, health and consistent offense is, you know, the big issue I see for this team. Zion, how long will he be able to stay healthy? He's played, I think, 40-plus games this season. He's on track to play one of the most games in his career throughout the season. You know, past couple seasons, he's been... Dealing with injuries a lot. You all know the Zion story. Brandon Ingram, he's a guy that's had some history of being banged up. And CJ as well, he's had some issues with health in there too. So, you know, injuries, if if this team can stay healthy, they can stay consistent. Trey Murphy coming off of that knee surgery as well. So that's going to be a big question in offense. I mean, outside of Zion, Brandon Ingram, those two guys can get to their spots, get their shots off McCollum. He has... You know, little spacing as well, but what do you have after that? Not really much creation, and then I think also the loss of Dyson Daniels really hurts too, backup point guard. I think he just tore his meniscus, so he'll be out. Was a really good defender, add a little spacing as well. So I'm going to say they're pretenders. I don't think they'll make the conference finals. They can win a ship, but I think this Pelicans team is definitely chippy. They'll be in the mix, but. I just think kind of like the Magic. I think they're a little bit better than the Magic right now. They're a little better version of the Magic. Just like a little bit offensively when you talk about, you know, some of these top teams in the league that can score from all three levels at will. And you'll mention some of these teams next in years. But, yeah, I just think the Pelicans just like a little bit offensively. And then injuries is definitely a concern as well. So, yeah, I'm going to say they are not contenders. That's my three teams for this segment. All right, and then for you, we'll start off with the Clippers. Yeah, this is one I really liked. I, I'm going to start just by saying, man, they're legit championship contenders. And obviously the one thing, kind of like you mentioned, with the Pelicans is health. Obviously you got Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, two injury-prone guys. You know, James Harden, known for being out of shape at some points in the season. His commitment to ball, does he want to be there? Right now, they got all three guys playing, you know, the best basketball, the most healthy so far at this point in the season, Kawhi and PG. They're not missing games. You haven't really seen too much load management from them. I mean, they missed some. Westbrook, you know, could possibly be a sixth man of the year. 
Um, Zubak holding down the paint. He's averaging nearly 10 rebounds a game. You So you look at this team, the question is, can they stay healthy? Because you look up and down, you know, Paul George, one of the best, uh, a superstar that went head-to-head, toe-to-toe with the Heat back in the Eastern Conference Finals to so the Pacers. I mean, he has playoff experience, obviously. More known for right now is just that, that Dame shot, you know, that being a bad shot, whatever he said post-game that some people forget he's one of the best two-way players in the game and then you probably got the best you know two-way wing uh we've seen in a long time in Kawhi Leonard the claw I mean he single-handedly won Toronto a championship just off him and him alone basically leading that Raptors team to you know a one-and-done ring and like the dream you bring a guy in mid-season uh and you go out and win a championship he did just that so now you got a collective I didn't even mention James Harden who is a walking bucket when needed, sort of in that facilitating role, averaging under 20 points a game, but he's up there eight, almost eight and a half assists on the team. So you look at that three, you got the big three, and then you got Westbrook. You got guys like Terrence Mann that could put in minutes, athletic guard, um, Norman Powell. He's coming off the bench. He could also be, you know, a contender for six man of the year as well. And, I mean, you look at a Kawhi shooting 45% from three. You got James Harden shooting over 40. You got Norman Powell shooting 44%. I mean, these guys, they're knocking down their shots to go along with it and being efficient. I, I think I think this is really the serious team right now to win it all, to give the Nuggets, you know, the Bucks, the run for their money if they get to that final uh, run. But I, th- I think the Clippers are one of the more – the most scary teams in this league. If they stay healthy, I don't want to see a healthy PG Kawhi and James Harden out on the court. It's just, I, I think they'd be a tough opponent and only literally only they can stop themselves at this point. Yeah. They're, they're to, if they're able to stay healthy, I think the Clippers are definitely a scary team. If not the scariest. Yeah. It's um, the biggest if. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> a big if with all those guys. All right, uh, we'll head out east with the New York Knicks. So, I'm going to go ahead and call them pretenders. I think Jalen Brunson is a superstar in this league. Uh, I love Brunson, the way he plays, the way he's able to score at all three levels of his game. He, he He's a dog, and I, I know people have brought in the question, is this guy a dog? Is he a superstar? I think he is, man. That guy can hoop at another level, the question is, who's that number two, man? You know, you get OG Ananobi, who's a really great wing defender, average offensive player. You know, Julius Randle's been banged up this year. But we've seen Julius Randle in the playoffs, even in the regular season. Motor's always been a question. His effort on the court in the regular season's really a question. And you even see it in the playoffs, him not hustling, him not getting back. That's just not championship pedigree basketball. So unless he kicks in another motor, there's just, you know, they got guys on this team that play their role. They get Bogdanovich, who's a nice piece. But can these guys, you know, really be a number two, number three to Jalen Brunson? There's no true second superstar. You got stars behind Jalen Brunson. It's one superstar and stars. So it's kind of hard for them to call, be contenders when there's much better powerhouses, even in the East, which is, you know, a little bit weaker after the top. I just, I don't think Brunson could carry them 
to win a championship because it, it it lies all on his shoulders at this point. He's he's playing out of his mind. You got to get him a little bit of help. I think I just they're they're one piece away. Uh, they just need someone, another superstar to add to Brunson, and so he could pair up with. Otherwise, I just I don't see it happening, man. Uh, Randall, I just don't think he he can provide that for the Knicks. Yeah, and we keep bringing up injuries, but it's a long season, eighty-two games, and. You know, the way Tibbs likes to play his starters, you know, I mean, you're looking, 39, 40 minutes. I think that's a big reason why a lot of those their top guys are out right now. You know, Jalen Brunson, I believe he just came back. 36 minutes Yeah, he game. just came back off an of injury. Randall, he's banged up right now. OG, he was playing really good. He's out right now. DiVincenzo just played 40 minutes the other night, and he pulled a hammy. So, I mean, Mitchell Robinson, Hartenstein, both of their centers dealing with injuries and when these guys are healthy, you know, Tibbs likes his, you know, six, seven-man rotation, doesn't like to go into that bench and give his starters a break. So these guys are going to be on the court. They're going to be playing. I think they can definitely be competitive and put up a fight. But it's, yeah. I mean, they, they could win a couple rounds. How, bro, how much, what are they really going to do? Will they be able to stay healthy playing all these minutes and, you know, adding all of this impact and stuff on their body? So I think that'll definitely be tough. I understand if, if you're doing it late in the season and, you know, you're fighting for a spot in the playoffs I mean, this or is in the postseason. Yeah, it's, he, he, you're not even at the all-star break, man. <laughs> you got players over 36 minutes a game. I bet if I look at any other, well, besides the superstars, I mean, mm-hmm. you, yeah, it, it, it really is. And, like, all these injuries, it's not like, you know, they're freak accidents and stuff like that. It's like, oh, like... Harnstein, his sore Achilles, or Ananobi, you know, had that little elbow issue. Like, these are issues in terms of, like, overusage, playing so much, you know, putting all this wear and tear on your body, which I think eventually will catch up, which makes no sense because this Knicks team made a bunch of trades. They got some depth. They got some key pieces now. So when all those guys come back healthy, hopefully Tibbs starts to, you know, go into that lineup and utilize all those guys because – you know, when you have Randall coming back, when you have, like you mentioned, Ananobi come back, Hartenstein, Mitchell Robinson, when all these guys come back, will we still be able to see a DiVincenzo? Will we still be able to see a Josh Hart contribute? A lot of these guys that can put in solid minutes, but you mentioned Bogdanovich coming over. Will he be able to find the court? So if all these all their starters are playing, you know, all these minutes, then what about all these other guys? You got solid role players that can definitely come in, take some of the load off, some of these guys that can run you know, the second unit. So I think I like the, I'll definitely, it'll be interesting to see how the rotation shakes out when this team gets fully healthy. But enough of the Knicks. We'll go on to the last team, the Phoenix Suns. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say they are contenders. And, you know, here's sort of why. I mean, you got the big three, obviously. Beal's been banged up. He's only played in 29 games this season. You got KD, you got D-Book. Those two guys can obviously carry a team in the postseason. I mean, you even saw it last year to where they put the team, KD and Book, put the team on their back, and they really stepped up. I I can't believe I'm going to sit here and say this, but, you know, you always like, who's that fourth guy? Who's going to be that extra guy? And it's your boy, man. It's your boy, Grayson Allen. He's quietly having the best season of his career right now in Phoenix. I mean, look at the shooting splits. The efficiency is crazy. 51% from the field, 49% from three while attempting just over five threes a game. If you're hitting three points at half, you know, half the clip, 
of you shooing them, it's got to be insane. I mean, yeah. Nick Grayson Allen has really been a key piece, stepped up. And, I mean, you have Bradley Beal into the mix. You got Eric Gordon who shoots the ball from 40%, spaces the floor. You know, good for the ISO ball with KD and Book or Beal. They want to get into their bag. Nurkic, I mean, he's just having a season down low, anchoring the paint. Something that, you know, you had DeAndre Ayton. And kind of like Randall, the motor was in question. Was he really there with the team in the postseason? Was he going to be the guy laying out for the ball? Nurkic is that guy. Spent a lot of time in Portland. Plays, you know, with a high motor, a lot of energy. He's going to go out and get after it. And, I mean, I think he was like the perfect anchor piece for this team because you get a big man down low that, you know, could sit around the rim, plays defense, anchors that defense. And, I mean, really other than Aiton, I mean, he just plays with the motor. And that's what they really needed. They lacked a big man. And then you want to talk about the rest of the bench. Everyone else is doing, you know, their job, Okoogui or Okogi, whatever, Josh. Oh, Josh Okogi. Yeah, Okogi, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's having a solid season coming off the bench. A good wing player, able to add some defensive depth. He can also go get a bucket when needed, um, if needed. But really just a defensive guy. You really don't need much scoring past, you know, you got those three guys. You got Grayson Allen who could go score here, Goran Shooter. And then Nurkic, who's going to clean it up down low and get those easy buckets as well. You don't need scoring. You're going to need depth, defense, maybe a couple points here and there. And I think they offer that. Um, are they as good as the Clippers? I wouldn't say that, but they have a serious chance to do some damage. If this team stays healthy, they get Beal back out there, understand that chemistry, get the rotation going to see how in the playoffs would that rotation work. When you have a guy sit down, you're going to have two guys out there. You're going to have one. We'll see who it is. But, I mean, this is a dangerous team. Uh, you've seen big threes win championships before. I don't I don't see why this big three is any different than, you know, big threes in the past, basically. Yeah, I just I think the scoring for this team can be insane. You mentioned Grayson Allen. I mean, when, you, when you're playing off of scores like Devin Booker, like Kevin Durant, two of the top scorers in the league, you have Bradley Beal. Who you mentioned can get a bucket whenever the fourth bet, like the fourth best defender is going to be on Grayson Allen. Are they I even mean, guarding him at no, that? Like they'll be off help helping. Defense, yeah, yeah. So that's probably he's shooting. He's playing so well this year because he's just getting a bunch of open shots. They're just making the game so much easier for him. And he's shooting just a bunch of wide open looks. I mean, so. even if it's wide open, 50% clip. I yeah. mean, that. You know, I'm, I'm a prime, you know, I'm a prime Grayson Allen hater uh, <laughs> of his game. I do think he's a little dirty, but I, you just, you can't argue this right now. It's, a little chippy, man, playing with a chip on his shoulder. You know, that's what this team would kind of need, you know, KD. You don't see him get animated too much. Booker will get into it. Yeah, Booker will get into it. You know, Beal kind of, he's neutral, but and you got Grayson Allen. You know, he's going to talk. He's going to do a little chippy, a little... <laughs> He doesn't do too much, you know, getting up in people's faces, but he will, you know, get under your skin, and he has that element to the team. Yeah, so that's that's it on the NBA. Yeah, it's going to wrap up our pretenders or contenders, man. It's, you know, we'll probably hit this later on in the season as we get closer to the end and to the playoffs of the play-in game, stuff like that. Um I mean, I was going to ask about, you know, 
Your Lakers. I know they're not your Lakers. My Lakers. I kind of uh, associate you with AD now at this point. With like, AD? You're an AD stand. Uh, no, the only reason I like the Lakers is because it's Brian. Uh, you know, Brian's a good one. I don't care okay. about AD. Fuck with Brian. All right, now you know I'm keen light skin, man. Them boys been snapping out there. Oh, you're talking about what? This Curry. Oh, uh, Curry. Yeah. Team light skin. You mean that? Bro, all the media coverage of you know Clay and just I, I you're trying to beat a dead dog at that point. It, he's not having the best season, man. Is he done? I don't think so. I, I just think everything's getting blown out of proportion over there in Golden State. Just for I don't know. He's having you know not the best half of a season. He's just I definitely think he's approaching washed. But you know he's just, he's what. ACL, Achilles injuries, like, coming off of that, he's in his 30s. Like, he's not going to be the clay he was back in 2016, 2017. He's not booming those, like he was. Yeah, especially after those injuries. So, I mean, the expectations, I think, were still up there in terms of the Warriors trying to be contenders, one of the best teams in the leagues right now. I just don't think They need clay, some help. Yeah, they do. I just don't think Clay's there at that point in his career anymore. Curry, on the other hand, is still playing like one of the best players in the league. Shooting insane playmaking. I mean, he had 60 a couple weeks, like was that, like a week ago. Still scoring at an insane rate. Best shooter of all time. Seven threes in the last game. Almost broke Clay's record. Had 11 threes a couple nights ago. Curry's on one right now. Draymond's yeah. back. He's still Draymond. Still bringing all the antics and stuff, but... <laughs> I mean, that team is just so much better when he's on the court, what he brings defensively, and then his playmaking ability with that chemistry with him and Curry, those dribble handoffs and, you know, backdoor cuts and setting up screens and stuff. I'm it. You just can't say how much of a difference Draymond makes for that team. And Kaminga stepped up, too. Mm-hmm. He's played a, a definitely a bigger role so far. So FTC. <laughs> um, I do want to mention one thing going back to the Super Bowl, the commercial. There's no way they got a Timu commercial in the Super Bowl two times. I saw that. Two times. I, I just couldn't sit there and let that one go, man. That was the only takeaway from the Super Bowl commercials I had. Uh, the Deadpool uh, Wolverine. Excited to see Ryan Reynolds back in action as Deadpool. I will say that, though. Um, I just couldn't believe Timu, bro. <laughs> you got any last anything? No, man, I'm excited to start locking in on basketball, man. Sad football is over, but this time of year, basketball, playoffs around the corner, it's always fun. Yes, sir, man. Um, nah, that Timu commercial, that got me really fired up. Anyways, <laughs> go to go pod, Apple, Spotify, all that. YouTube, go to go, TikTok, go to go pod, like, comment share and then until next week we'll be back with another episode man peace